going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 204 of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And man, this offseason, you really can't do anything with, without some news breaking, right? I went to go get a haircut this morning, didn't look at my phone for like an hour, you know, 20 minutes to drive there, get the cut, 20 minutes, 20 minutes to drive back. I get back home, look at my phone. And Tyreek Hill is on the Miami Dolphins. I didn't even know that was in, in, in the in the cards. I didn't know that was a possibility. But here we are. Yeah, an exciting morning for some more NFL news. Chiefs ship off Tyreek Hill. They get an absolute haul for him. And then on top of that, the Dolphins have to give him a very hefty extension. So I don't know if it's the best move for the Dolphins long term, but in the short term, obviously Tyreek Hill, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I don't know how I feel about this move personally. From a fantasy perspective, I think it definitely knocks down Tyreek a little bit. I would still have him as a top 10 wide receiver just because he has a proven ceiling in the NFL, but consistent fantasy production might become non-existent with Tyreek Hill on the Dolphins with Tua throwing him the football. Man, I got I got the opposite take. I think Tyreek takes less of a hit than, say, Devontae Adams does in, in his team change. You know, last week I, I said that I felt like Devontae went from being, you know, a top three type fantasy player to maybe like the seven to eight range. Tyreek right now on underdog is going as the wide receiver five. And I think that's about where I would have him. I don't think this really changes too much in terms of Tyreek Hill's expectation. I think that Tua gets a huge boost. He's going as the quarterback 20 in terms of ADP. I think that he's closer to a top 12 guy now. Just from a skill position perspective, the Dolphins are absolutely loaded with Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gesicki, Devontae Parker, and Preston Williams are their four and five. That's just, that's nice. I don't know. I, I like this move quite a bit for the Dolphins. I'm confused from the Chiefs' perspective. They seemed to be in a win-now mode in the toughest division in recent memory in football, and they ship off their you know second-best player on offense behind Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't make sense to me from a Chiefs' perspective. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes' cap hit came into effect this year, and he has an outrageous cap hit. So that obviously hurts the team's chances of re-signing a player like Tyreek Hill to a monster deal, which he got from the Dolphins. And I think that obviously losing Tyreek Hill hurts, but you still have the best quarterback in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. You still have Travis Kelsey. They just signed Juju, which we talked about on the last podcast. There's still free agent wide receivers out there that can come in and be productive with Mahomes. And then there's obviously still the NFL draft in. And now the Chiefs have a bunch of picks to work with. So maybe they take a couple of those second rounders and you know move up into the top 15 or the top 20 in the draft to get a receiver like Jameson Williams, who is in the same atmosphere as a Tyreek Hill type wide receiver or Chris Olave, who ran a four two six at the combine. Like there's plenty of options out there, especially in the draft to replace Tyreek Hill. And, you know, if they do go that route and they get a guy like Jameson Williams or Chris Olave or whomever in the draft, I think they'll be fine on offense, but obviously losing that deep threat and that talent at wide receiver should theoretically hurt the Chiefs offense for 2022. Big breath of life for any of the Mecole Hardman truthers who are who are out I there. Mean, nah, he he's still trash. 
Like you don't think he's stepping into the Tyreek role no. like he was he was he was drafted to be? No, no. no. I think, like I said, they go after a rookie wide receiver. There's a lot of speed guys in this draft. And, you know, Will Fuller is still out there. We both expect him to go play with his boy Watson in Cleveland. But maybe the Chiefs can make a run at him uh, in free agency. Odell is still a free agent. Uh, they could they could still go out there and sign Jarvis Landry. There are just a lot of potential players that could fit into this Chiefs offense pretty well. That would obviously hurt McCole Hardman. And, I mean, we, we've had three years of him. Uh, and, and we know he's not it. Yep. MVS reportedly has met with the Chiefs today. Julio Jones is still out there. That's another name. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, is Mahomes taking a hit for you from a fantasy perspective? He's currently going as the quarterback two behind Josh Allen. Does he fall behind the Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Kyler's of the world? Eh, I mean, you know, like I've said, I don't, I don't want to repeat myself, but I expect them to add a couple wide receivers in free agency that could be productive. And this is still, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the NFL. He still has rushing upside. This is still going to be an offense that is going to throw the ball at one of the highest rates in the NFL. I wouldn't knock him too much. I could see putting, you know, a a guy like Lamar Jackson above Mahomes, uh, especially with his rushing upside. I I, I really could only see the case for, you know, Lamar Jackson being ahead of Mahomes, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that um, makes sense. At, at worst, I would have him three. Yeah, and, and going back to your point, part of the compensation that the Chiefs got in exchange for Tyreek include the 29th overall pick in this draft from Miami. So they've got the 29th and 30th pick. They could definitely make a move up to get somebody or just, you know, stack a couple of wide receivers in that spot. Seems like there's quite a few wide receivers projected to go in the first round, especially in that back half. So I definitely do agree that the Chiefs add somebody. It's just going to be hard for any rookie wide receiver to bring that same dynamic that Tyreek brought. Like, sure, these guys can be speed guys, but Tyreek is more than a speed guy. I mean, Tyreek is... A different type of breed so uh i don't know we'll see how that goes i think mahomes takes a hit but i don't know how far i could justify dropping him i think i'm sort of on the same page maybe qb3 now behind allen and, and lamar but we'll see how uh, things play out over the next couple of weeks with free agents and the draft we have some more quarterback news couple of guys finding their new homes matt ryan was sent to the indianapolis colts for a third round pick, he will become the successor to Carson Wentz. How do you feel about this spot for Matt Ryan? I think it's obviously an upgrade over the Falcons. Mm-hmm. And now he goes to a team with a great O-line, a great running back. You know, they do have some talent on the outside. I think they'll probably look to add another wide receiver and you know, you brought up Julio Jones. I could definitely see the Colts trying to convince Julio to come play for them and play for Matt Ryan. And I think that would be a great pickup for the Colts. So it's a pretty good spot for him. Obviously, in terms of fantasy, I won't be targeting Matt Ryan. I just don't think he has that much upside at this point in his career. I think he's going to be a quarterback that gets you 15 to 18 points per game on a weekly basis, which is, you know, okay especially in the in the super flex contests out there now uh on underdog I, I could see you know taking Matt Ryan as your QB3 but nothing more than that for me personally I honestly I, I think the Colts need to really start looking into investing into a quarterback from 
these upcoming drafts rather than keep trying to pursue veteran quarterbacks that really aren't going to move the needle in terms of wins and losses especially playoff wins in my opinion in the AFC like they're they're not winning a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan so I, I don't know I don't I don't really care for this move. Obviously, they upgrade, but, you know, who who really cares? Yeah, I mean, they're just continually putting a Band-Aid on this wound. I mean, they've had a different quarterback every single year since Andrew Luck retired. You know, it was Brissett, Hoyer was in there, Rivers, Wentz. Now it's Matt yeah. Ryan, and it's just the same thing over and over again. They're targeting these dusty vets towards the end of their careers and hoping it does something. I don't think this offense is going to look too much different than it did with Carson Wentz. I mean, I, I I lean that Matt Ryan is an upgrade over Carson Wentz, but by how much? You know, I mean, is this really going to affect things in the win-loss column? Probably not. Is it going to affect the way that I look at Jonathan Taylor or Michael Pittman? Probably not. You know, this is a, a very lateral move in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Some of the fallout is that the Atlanta Falcons had to go find a new quarterback and they landed on Marcus Mariota, who gets a two-year deal with the team. If you look through some of the contract details, you find out that it's really just a very cheap one-year deal with a team option to keep him next year if he goes out well. And, you know, I know that we talked about this a little bit off the pod, but Atlanta is quite clearly the worst offense in the league right now from a skill position standpoint. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely the worst, without, without a doubt in my mind. They're, um, they're on a fast track to the 101 in 2023. Yeah, and, and I think they know that they're in a rebuild, which is why they shipped off Matt Ryan. They, they really did him a favor by trading him instead of, you know, running out his career in Atlanta on losing teams. This is just a rebuilding team that's going to run with Mariota as its QB1 most likely for 2022 and then go into the 2023 draft with most likely a top three pick at worst and target one of the quarterbacks that are coming out next year. But for this season, I mean, Marcus Mariota is trash. I'm sorry. He's not good. They only have Kyle Pitts in in Cordero Patterson there right now. Their wide receiver core is the worst in the NFL by a huge margin. This team is just abysmal, and I'm probably going to fade every single skill position player on this team. Kyle Pitts is the tight end three right now with an ADP of like 29. Mm -hmm. So middle of the third round? No, thank you. I'd rather have Darren Waller, uh, who's going after Kyle Pitts on underdog right now. Yeah, just... I really just want no parts. I agree. Something that you said last week about just not trying to force, you know, situational opportunity and just realizing that some of these teams are not worth targeting. I could see myself having very little, if any, exposure to any Atlanta Falcons this year in best ball. I just, I just don't see it. I don't see the need to try and go there. I mean, Kyle Pitts is okay, but like, like you said, you know, that, that price tag is exorbitant for a guy you know i mean they might have like less than 20 passing touchdowns on the year this year obviously you can make the case that those guys are still gonna have volume right which is obviously valuable in fantasy and Kyle Pitts touchdowns should regress you know positively right he had one receiving touchdown last year that should go up which obviously will help him in fantasy but just the overall upside of the offense is so low that I don't know if it's worth sacrificing a third round pick for Kyle Pitts when you know you can get wide receivers with higher upsides or even running backs 
you know, at the at the start of the third round with higher upsides than Kyle Pitts, in my opinion, especially at one of the worst positions in the NFL, you know, tight end for fantasy. And you can get a 10 point guy in the 12th or 13th round. I don't know if it will make too much sense to draft much Kyle Pitts this year. No, I mean, he's going around like T Higgins, Jalen Waddle, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins. Like I'm taking all those guys. It's pretty easy for me. Yeah. In that same division, New Orleans locks up Jameis Winston for two more years on a $28 million deal. I don't know, man. It's kind of a similar situation where just the skill positions in New Orleans is is not optimal. I mean, they have Kamara and Michael Thomas, which is obviously worlds better than what the Falcons are dealing with. But Michael Thomas has notably been unhappy. I wouldn't be shocked to see him be one of the final big moves of this this offseason. He clearly wants out. I mean, he's tweeted it. I don't know. What do you think about Jameis to New Orleans? Is he going to even be the starter over Taysom. Yeah, and I, I think Jameis is the starter. I mean, he was a starter last year, played pretty well, led them to a 5-2 and two record with one of the worst skill position groups in the entire NFL with no Michael Thomas. So I think getting Michael Thomas back, obviously Kamara there, two of the best players at their respective positions, helps Jameis, a pretty good O-line. I think they'll probably look to add a skill position guy in the draft I could definitely see them targeting a wide receiver in the first round and he's the second best quarterback in that division you know without a doubt in my opinion the the Saints will probably be like a nine win team uh probably on the wild card bubble you know Jameis isn't really gonna do much but he can provide fantasy value to his skill position players so i i, I would be fine targeting camara and michael thomas uh in 2022 yeah it'd, it'd be not i mean if thomas sticks around in new orleans him and Jameis could definitely put up numbers together michael thomas is going as the wide receiver 24 right on the cusp of that you know high-end wide receiver three low-end wide receiver two range going right around guys like Devontae Smith, Cortland Sutton, Amon Ross St. Brown. He easily has the potential to outperform all those guys I think uh, especially if Winston is slinging the ball like we've seen at points in his career. So I would be interested in buying uh, and sort of taking the stance that Michael Thomas does stay with New Orleans. Definitely some upside in that position. Another move within that division, Leonard Fournette opts to stay in Tampa Bay, gets a three-year, $21 million deal, and he's a player who, as a result, has seen a massive ADP spike. He is rising continually, and in drafts right now, from what I'm seeing, he is going in the third round. Obviously, we saw him produce RB1 numbers last year. Tom Brady returns to Tampa, Leonard Fournette follows suit, and I think that once again, he's going to have a really strong role from a fantasy perspective, you know, especially as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, Leonard Fournette is going to have a very valuable role in this offense. Ronald Jones is gone. Godwin is hurt. Leonard Fournette has shown that he's a capable pass catcher, especially with Brady, and I think Brady trusts him, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think, honestly, Bruce Arians trusts Leonard Fournette as well, so... Third round, I mean, that's a hefty price tag. I honestly don't know if I would be in on him at that tag, though. I'll have to wait and see until I start drafting, but it's hard to take Fournette over guys like D-Hop and some of the other wide receivers that are going around the area. Uh, you know, DK, Jalen Waddle, Mike Evans, etc. But I, I could, I could see it. I mean. The, the only concern, though, is it's an even year, Ben. And you know what they say, even year Lenny, bust. 
How much do you factor into that? Can you give me some numbers around this? I haven't been tracking this story, but this is definitely the kind of thing that I, I try to factor into my decisions. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So came in 2017. That was his rookie year. 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns, okay? 2018, 439 yards, got hurt, five touchdowns, 22 catches, his lowest of his career. 2019, odd year. Okay, 1,100 rushing yards, 76 catches, 522 receiving yards. Career high in both rushing and receiving. All right, 2020, 367 rushing yards in 13 games, 36 catches, tied for his second lowest in his career for 233 yards, second lowest mark in his career. Last year, 2021, odd year, 812 rushing yards in 14 games. Would have probably went over a thousand had he played all seventeen. Eight touchdowns, second most of his career. Sixty-nine catches, second most of his career on eighty-four targets, which is the second most of his career. Which brings us to twenty twenty-two, which is by all accounts an even year. Indeed, it is. That's going to impact my stance heavily. I think that Leonard Fournette is a full fade. <laughs> Keyshawn Vaughn season. Yep. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna get hurt week one. That'd be uh, tough. All right. I mean, you know, that's that's why you got to listen to the DFS dose. You're not going to hear that kind of deep dive anywhere else. It's a fact. Just not. It's just not. <laughs> right after we finished recording our last podcast, there was a trade for a wide receiver in Robert Woods. We speculated that after the addition of Allen Robinson, it would make sense for Woods to find a new home. And he did. He goes to Tennessee for a very cheap price. Um a sixth round pick in next year's draft. Robert Woods will now complement AJ Brown on the outside and be Tannehill's wide receiver too. It's not as good of a spot as the Rams, you know, from an offensive environment perspective where the Rams are going to be more pass heavy. They've obviously got a better quarterback, but I think that the path to targets is obviously more clear. He's not going to have to compete with the likes of Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup. It's really just AJ Brown. I don't know. This this isn't a bad spot, I don't think, for Robert Woods. My only concern would just be sort of what we mentioned last week about the Titans offense and that it's not going to change in the way they operate. It's still going to be a run first team. It's still going to be an offense that functions through Derrick Henry first and foremost. AJ Brown will be the primary option. So Robert Woods is going to be the number two in a run first offense how do you feel about his outlook as a fantasy option in 2022 yeah i think he's you know a low end wide receiver 3 for fantasy his target upside isn't as high as it would have been with the rams pre allen robinson and i also think that they're going to use him as a blocker a ton of the time because per PFF, I think he's like the number one graded run blocking wide receiver. So obviously you have to factor that in and he's coming off of a torn ACL. So who knows if he'll even be ready to go week one. So I don't know if I'll have much interest in Robert Woods in 2022. I think he's probably a fade at his ADP, whatever it is. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably just stay away from Robert Woods. Honestly, I just don't think Tannehill could support more than you know one option in terms of the passing game with how the Titans offense functions. Like you said it perfectly. The, this offense is ran through Derrick Henry and everybody else is second. So mm-hmm. yeah, he seems appropriately priced in my opinion 
right now on underdog ADP is wide receiver 44. So, I mean, if you're talking about the expectation to be like a low end wide receiver three, he's really going more on the four or five cusp around guys like Rashad Bateman, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, Russell Gage, Tyler Boyd. And that seems right to me. I, I think that, you know, he can definitely have value. He can definitely have spike weeks, but I don't think that I would go much higher than that. We'll have to see where his ADP settles. I don't know how much this is baking in the move to Tennessee. I, I don't know if a lot of this drafting was taking place prior with the expectation that he would be in LA. So we'll have to see. I mean, if he falls even further than wide receiver 44, I could see him being a buy, but I'm, I'm not sure uh, at this point mm-hmm. where he's going to settle. I, I, I would agree with that. That's really it in terms of major moves uh, since the last time that we recorded. If you want to hear our thoughts on, you know, the Deshaun Watson, Devontae Adams, Juju Smith-Schuster, all that stuff, you can go back and listen to episode 203. Just a, you know, couple of smaller moves. Zach Pascal signs with the Eagles. I wouldn't expect much out of him going to Philly. I think that you could maybe make the argument that you target him as a late round pick in Jalen Hurts stacks, uh, you know, for best ball, he'll probably catch three to four touchdowns this season, but won't be a reliable option. The Bills signed Jamison Crowder and Duke Johnson. That's a little bit interesting. You know, they continue to bring in weapons to replace Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, how do you think that Jamison Crowder fits into this Bills offense? Is he clear cut going to be the slot receiver over Isaiah McKenzie, or is this just going to be a split role that sort of caps the value of both of these players? I think that Jamison will most likely be the starter, but Isaiah McKenzie will definitely factor in a little bit into the this Bills offense, they did give more money to Jameson Crowder. So I would just say follow the money in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, who you think is going to be more targeted this year. I think Jameson Crowder is still a pretty you know, decent wide receiver. And I, I think he could definitely produce in this Bills offense. Just sucks to see them continuously trying to add pass catchers into this offense when we want an elite season out of Diggs and we want the Gabe Davis breakout train to to happen but the the Bills just keep on adding guys which is just annoying it is it is I don't, I don't think that this really impacts you know Diggs or Davis too much I mean this is you know Crowder and McKenzie are they even going to get more targets than like what Beasley and Sanders got last year i i don't know about that to be honest i I mean obviously these two guys being signed doesn't impact Diggs and gabe davis's roles on the offense but adding pass catchers and adding talent into the offense no matter the position is going to hurt the target upside of, of those two guys obviously the bills pass a ton so they'll still probably be able to get there but i, I think if you don't take into consideration that they're they're literally trying to add more pass catchers that are going to play and are going to see targets you know four four targets three targets for these ancillary guys adds up and, and i don't think they're done so true yeah and and if they're not done then we'll we'll readdress the last thing i would say just on the note of duke johnson i don't think that he has any standalone value but it seems to be a pretty clear indication that they want to add a pass catching running back you know at first they tried to get mckissick then they bring in duke johnson two guys who are you know strictly pass catching specialists so i would be capping my expectation on devin singletary maintaining the role that he had down the stretch you know he's not going very highly in drafts right now uh you know rb28 that's really affordable i kind of expected him to be going a little bit higher after the way that he closed the end of last season rb28 seems affordable i mean he's still definitely the primary guy there but you know they've made a very clear indication that they want 
somebody else in the backfield catching passes other than Devin Singletary. So just make sure that you're considering that when, you know, projecting Singletary's rollout this season. Yeah, I would agree. I would probably be lower than consensus on Singletary for sure. All right. I think that that is going to be it for episode 204 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure that you guys follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose, as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey's at Joey Carrying DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with everything going on with the podcast, you can simply join the Discord channel. Free link to do that is in the description to the podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic.